Uh, but we're talking about all in. I walked, well, I love the vision of this church. I love the vision of this church. Our vision is transform lives. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you've done, where you've come from. If you walk through the doors of C3 Powerhouse and commit yourself here, um, God will begin to transform your life in a powerful way. Amen. Uh, Give us a hand raise if your life has been transformed in some way in this house. Come on. Hundreds upon hundreds of people, thousands upon thousands have come through our doors and found God and been completely transformed. And I just want to say this. It isn't just Pastor John and Dan's vision. It isn't just our leadership team's vision. It's not, this building here certainly doesn't care about our vision, but it is our vision. Our vision to see lives transformed. And each one of us have a crucial part to play to making that vision come to pass. I love um, our byline of who we are, and is that we are that we're a soul-winning church. We're a soul-winning people. We help people enter a relationship with God. I walked through the doors of this church 17 years ago. Uh, I had never attended a church service before. I wouldn't say I was a Christian. I said I would believe in a higher power, but I walked through the doors of this church. And I stepped into a relationship with God. I encountered a living, real, powerful God that wanted to intimately know me. And it transformed my life completely radically. And you might be here tonight. You might have been like me 17 years ago. You might not have a relationship with God. You might not know God is real. You might not know that He loves you. You might not know that he wants an intimate relationship with you, but I'll tell you here tonight, you are not here by accident. That God has put you in this building for a particular reason, and he wants to have a relationship with you that will transform your life. I love that we're a disciple-making church. We're a disciple-making people. It's a place that is safe, that is loving. It's a place that doesn't uh, just want me to grow and have a happy, clappy life, but it's a place that wants me to flourish in my walk with God in every sphere. I love that we are a supernatural church. We are a people that are supernaturally charged with the Holy Spirit. We believe that the same power that Jesus, that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that heals the sick, the same power that casts out demons, the same power uh, that supernaturally provides lives, is here and lives in us as well. I love our vision of our church. I love the vision of our church. Yeah, that's something worth clapping about. But there was, a, there was a time where in, I, I, was, I was at a crossroad. I attended, I, I got saved when I was 15. I know I don't look that old, 17 years, you know, Christian, how that could be. Um, you know, don't laugh too loud, gosh. <laughs> the awkward, what? Nah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, but I had finished school, I had finished my apprenticeship, and I was looking for my next career step. And I loved our church, but I made the decision that, you know what, um, there's nothing here on the Sunshine Coast for me. So I made the decision that um, I'm going to get a job and go to Brisbane. And that's exactly what I did. But 
The thing is, I made that move and I was absolutely miserable. And the thing was, what was happening in my heart was that in, the, in that season, what I realized was God had called me to this house. God had called me to this vision and that I needed to take some radical steps of faith and um, come back to the Sunshine Coast. Funnily enough, the company I work for, they went bust. I lost my job, ended up coming back to the Sunshine Coast. So that decision got made easier for me. But I look back then and go, I'm so glad that it did fall through because I'm exactly where, it put me in a place exactly where God wanted me to be all in. Uh, last week was Vision Sunday, if you were here. Um, awesome. I encourage you to listen to the podcast. If you weren't here, listen to the podcast as well. Um, but we, we launched that. This is the year of, dis, uh, the year of brilliant disciple making. Um, I love the definition uh, that pa Pastor Teresa used this morning, that a disciple is someone who is fully immersed and fully surrendered follower of Jesus. Um, they're all in. They're all in. And this weekend, as part of our All In series, we're talking about being a servant. It's not about signing up to a team. It's about, as a follower of Jesus, Jesus calls us to be servants, it goes beyond serving on a monthly roster. It actually is about a lifestyle of serving others and showing God's light. So our agenda, I just want to make that super clear tonight. Our agenda isn't to sign up to a team, though I do believe it's a part of a servant lifestyle. And uh, after this message tonight, you may be... Um, wanting to take that step of serving in God's house, and that's completely fine. So what is it to be a true servant of Jesus? What is it to be a true servant of Jesus? My first thought tonight is this, to be a true servant, we need to have a clear picture of who Jesus is. To be a true ser servant, we need to have a clear picture of who Jesus is. You cannot experience the full goodness of God with a distorted view of who God is. Uh, I grew up in a I grew up in a single parent home for 20 plus years. I didn't have my dad in the picture. Uh, when I came to church, uh, my view of Father God was distorted because of my past. And all of us, we come into the house of God with a bit of a distorted view of who God is. Maybe someone hurt us in our past. Maybe it was some trauma. Maybe a leader offended you. Maybe uh, there was a bad moment somewhere in your life. And now you're here and you're trying to figure out God, but you know your view isn't completely right. Uh, many of you guys wouldn't know this, but I've actually got a bung eye. Um, so one of my eyes, uh, one of my eyes is, is, not, is not good. So one of my eyes is very not good. Uh, and what happened, what happened is I used to work in a, in a factory and I got a, a metal shard in my eye. Now, this is, that's, it wasn't, that wasn't the bad part. The, the bad part was I thought it was like an eyelash and I wiped it. <laughs> Now, it sounds way more gruesome than it was. It wasn't that, it wasn't that gruesome. Uh, but there is a scar over my eye. 
So when I close my good eye, uh, everyone's a little bit blurry. I can probably make out the front two rows and... Uh, It's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an eye that's had an injury and can't see properly. Now, if I close my injured eye and leave my good eye open, I actually see everything a lot clearer. I can see all the way up to the sound desk, Carrie Ann out the back there, give us a wave. Uh, I can see that. But... So off, but this is the thing. If I wouldn't notice I had a bad eye unless I had a good eye. <laughs> and sometimes is that we can have this distorted view of who God is, this distorted picture of who He is. But when we come into church, when we come into His house, when we start reading the Bible, it's like, God just starts to reveal all the good details. You can see further. You can see Carrie Ann waving at the sound desk. You can, you can see the true picture of God. The ultimate way to get a true picture of Jesus in our life, a clear picture of Jesus in our life, is actually in his word. In John 8, verse 31, he says, Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The ultimate truth for, Christian, for Christians is the Bible. It is our ultimate truth. It is the God's Word that paints the most accurate picture of Jesus in, it, in our lives. Um, I caught up with a, a wonderful couple this week for, co- for coffee. Um, I love catching up with people. And um, I, I was... I was just uh, talking to the lady in the couple, um, saying, saying, man, you have grown so much this year. I am so proud of you. You have grown, you have pressed into God, and you have grown so much. And her, her response actually warmed my heart so much. Her response was, I got consistent with reading the Bible and letting him speak to me. And she, it sounds like to me, she just got a clearer picture of who Jesus was and it transformed her life. When we're not reading the Word, things will get a little bit distorted. And I think our first step as believers, as Christians, is to get a clear picture of who Jesus is. And whether you... If you read the Bible daily, that's amazing. If you don't, I just want to challenge you. Just take a small step. Read a chapter a day. The book of John is a great place to start. Reading a chapter a day or spending a couple minutes a day. Uh, for me, the Bible, when I first came to church, was really challenging. I was, uh, had a learning disability growing up. I um, rejected a lot of um, teaching and coaching in that area. So I actually really just struggled to read, but I pressed in. And God began to speak and transform me. The other thought about being a true servant is our motive to serve needs to come from a place of love for God and people. No other agenda. If we are to serve, we need to serve people because we love God and we love them. Matthew 22 verse 36 says this. Teacher, 
which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord God, uh, your, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. A second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. When we, when we serve, when we're a servant with, the, with love in our heart, I actually believe that's where Jesus truly shines. If we're serving out of selfish gain, ungodly amb- ambition to lead or to get authority or power or promotion, love will realign us and humble us to a grounded place. I love it in John chapter 13. Uh, it's, the, it's, the, it's the story where Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And the disciples have just, Jesus and the disciples have just traveled to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. And they're there and they're about to have dinner. Now, in, in most of cult- cultures around the world, when you go to sit down and have dinner, a formal dinner, there's usually a pecking order of who sits where based on honor, privilege, relationship, all those kinds of things. This is the discussion the disciples are having. Who's the greatest disciple that gets to sit next to Jesus? And they're arguing and they're going back and forth, forth about it. And then all of a sudden, Jesus, he changed his garments to slave garments, not a priest garment, and began to wash the feet of the disciples. To me, it just sends the message that God doesn't care about position or seats at the table or who's doing what. He cares about loving people and serving them and blessing them. I was an ambitious person. I am an ambitious person. Um, But when I was in my early 20s, I wanted to be the youth pastor. I was a youth leader and I wanted to be the youth pastor. (laughs) But it was motivated by toxic ambition. Not love for our young people, but it was motivated by title and image and looking cool and trendy, which I never was. <laughs> so, <laughs> some people laugh too loud then. Anyway, <laughs> God loves me. <laughs> so, so, God did what God did, uh, He made someone else a youth pastor. And he got me to serve in the kids' ministry. Yes, ouch. And I, as I said before, I ended up being the kids' leader for four years. In a role that wasn't seen, in a role that didn't get much talk about or plugged out at church, in a role that didn't get much promotion. I was serving out of selfish ambition. But after a while, serving in kids, about six months, God started to do a real work in my heart. And I started to ask the question, why am I here? And I landed on it's not about these things. It's about loving our kids at C3 Powerhouse, blessing them and showing them the love of God. And frankly, if Pastor John and Dan asked me to be the kids pastor Again, I'd quite happily do that, and uh, it'd be a bit of it would be a bit of fun. Uh, Nick Hickman, 
was a part of those kids' pastor days. Stand up, Nick, our mighty worship director. <coughs> I just say that because he's not too damaged and um, it's all good. <laughs> but it's out of love for people, it's out of love for God that we should serve. No other agenda. It's, uh, it's a, you know, and church should be that for every single person. If you feel bashed around or persuaded to serve, or if you feel like you have to serve, you've lost the heart of love in your serving, and you need to realign yourself into that heart. If you serve on our dream team, I just want to say that no matter what you're doing, if you carry the heart of love, it will make a lasting difference and impact, and it will transform lives. So I'd like to challenge us all today that if we are a part of the dream team, are we doing it with a heart of love? Are we doing it with a servant heart or a grudging heart? And maybe we need to maybe realign ourselves. Maybe you're not a part of the dream team and you know God is calling you to step up in to be even more a servant just in your life, but in the house of God. We have amazing teams that uh, will fit your gifts and that you will flourish. One of the amazing things about serving the house of God is that you learn very quickly what you're good at and what you're not good at. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm good at a lot of things. I'm not good at admin. Uh, any admin junkies out here like I can, I can do admin? Yeah. Yeah, I just want to say, God bless you people, and if you feel on your heart to help me, um, I would be forever grateful. Uh, um, I realize uh, I'm a lot more organized, but naturally, uh, organization doesn't come. I'm, I'm kind of the fly-off, you know, just rock up and see how it goes kind of guy, and um, that's the way, Amen. <laughs> But I've learned that's not the only way, Isaac, not the only way. Uh, but that's one of the benefits of serving in the house of God. There are so many byproducts of when we serve, but this is some thoughts about the foundation. So let's just close our eyes right now. I'll get the wonderful Tossy spirit fingers with his beautiful T-shirt.